Hello and welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Inka Larissa. And my name is Jennifer Rose. Together, we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts, and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. A warm whiskey sister's welcome. This week, we are talking about all things whiskey cocktails, as Friday the 13th is World Cocktail Day. But first, let's stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. So, the Finnish sports brand Garho, which means bear, um, and the Scottish fashion retailer Hanon. Do you say Hanon? I've never heard of this one. Neither have I. I'm, I think Hanon sounds good. The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Scottish fashion retailer Hanon have teamed up with Glenn Farclas on an exclusive single malt whiskey and training shoe inspired by the Highland Games. Okay, this no all sounds way. really random. So <laughs> random. Tell me yeah. more. The Legacy 96 shoe, designed by Garho in collaboration with Hanon, draws inspiration from Scotland's Highland Games with the earthy hues of influence by the traditional Highland dress. That Again, sounds, yeah. really random. Yeah. <laughs> I'm liking the sound of it, the one I Soon as I saw the headline about the Finnish and, you know, the Scottish and yeah. the whiskey, I'm like, okay, what is this weirdness? Mm, shoe based on single malt. Like, let's just <laughs> think about this for a minute. Yeah. So while pony hair detailing appears throughout as a salute to the killed sporan. No way. <laughs> Some people have been having a cheeky dram together and just came up with this plan and had enough money to action it, it right? It must be like, you know, in, in sauna in Finland, thinking about weird stuff and be like, yes, this <laughs> yeah. is what we should do. Yeah, oh, just... I need I need a suede and pony hair sneaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, Hanon and Garho have selected a Glen Farkless 15-year-old single malt scotch whiskey to mark the collaboration, and only 200 bottles were released at 51.5% ABV, and each bottle features a bespoke hand-numbered labeling. Apparently, the whiskey boasts sweet toffee notes with an array of dried fruit flavors of aromas on the nose, and on the palate, balanced malt and sherry notes, followed by a warm and sherry finish. So it basically sounds very sherry special, you know. I like the sound of that. I wonder if everyone at the tasting will have on the sneakers, do you think? Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we favour a heel Inca, but you never yeah. know. We could maybe get some whiskey-themed but trainers on the get, go. Yeah, or if you get the trainers, if you buy the whiskey, will you get the trainers as an extra? What's the deal here? Like, Yeah, what is the deal? And know. is somebody going to drink it from the shoe? Ah, I know. I'm like Instagram <laughs> reels in my head going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for some more news, let's think about rare and collectible scotch because that's been hitting the headlines, you know, for a while now with auction records going sky high. Um, but we're going to think about today a forgotten whiskey cask that was sold recently at record 1 million uh, or there or thereabouts at mm. auction recently. And for those of our listeners that haven't heard about it, 
but apparently somebody had bought a cask of Macallan whiskey in 1988. Oh, that was such a good year for music and movies, (laughs) (laughs) but forgotten about its existence until recently the distillery contacted the owner to ask what he wanted to do with it. What the hell? How, how can you forget just like, who are you? <laughs> I know. What is your story? Yeah. And, you know, were you as I wish I was on the Sunset Strip in LA in 1988, <laughs> watching Guns N' Roses and Metallica yeah. and all the cool bands and just were so wasted that you forgot what you'd done with your hard-earned cash? So this cask has been maturing in the McAllen warehouse for 34 years and just crazy that it was apparently forgotten about. It was a 374 litre re- but so the cask could provide around 334 badass bottles of single malt. So that works out at around um, £1,907 per bottle, which would also set a new record. But maybe they've not taken into account the angel's share, which, as we've spoken about before, is about 2% annually. What do you think of that, Inca? I think it's mental and obviously with 34 years so it's they're not gonna get that many bottles they're talking about that price per bottle like which is nearly two grand so I'm wondering if the bottle prices will go even higher up uh, yeah because it's gonna be even less bottles and I, I saw it was some guy from the US as well who who bought the bought the cask I'd love to hear more about his story I wonder if he'll talk about about it I know it's just I just I, I don't know like how can you forget that you just bought I bought like I bought a cask, <laughs> like a giant cask, not even just like a little normal, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, it's there's just... one time that I bought a cask and forgot all about it. I also want to know the story of the buyer because I'm a little bit nosy like that. If yeah. I had a million square bank, like spare like pounds floating around, I don't think I'd have bought a cask of Macallan with it. Yeah, but he probably has quite a few millions <laughs> floating about. So it's like you know, it's like a buying a. Yeah. A bag of sweets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can just like fling it about a bit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, if you're listening, you know, send us a sample. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> we'll help you out with some tasting notes there. Yeah. Get the sales up. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <sighs> So the concept of home bar started in the 1940s America, where people were living sociable lifestyles and neighbors were popping in for a quick tipple. And that was kind of the norm. You would just do that. All the housewives would be at home and you'd fix up a little Bloody Mary and so on. (laughs) Nice. Um, (laughs) Yeah. All the way through the 60s, many liked to entertain guests at home and they had proper bar tops and trolleys, all those cool ones that now we buy as vintage, you know. (laughs) They used all these bar tops and things to easily fix a martini old-fashioned or other popular cocktails at the time like all the best ones i love all the classics so yeah over the years this habit has faded away unfortunately but personally i think we should host more at home and more often i am huge fan of organizing parties and in italy i just organize aperitivos for friends all the time and any excuse for <laughs> like yeah. in Finland we say any cat's christening like <laughs> basically any excuse like you get a new kitten it's like yeah let's christen the cat or you know if you buy a new house or if you I don't know like you're building a new garage or something for your car it's like yeah let's everyone come for a drink any reason to gather and and celebrate 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but how about you? Do you like hosting? Do you know, I've not like hosted as many sort of glam parties as you, that's fair to say. But did I tell you about the time I hosted a Nashville themed party? <gasps> oh, that sounds so you. So like, you know how I visited Nashville and I loved it so much. Look, I was crying and didn't want to come home like a little kid. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just want to live here now. So about a year after I was there, I was like missing it so much that I hosted this Nashville themed party. And although I'm all about the rock music, I like a side portion of country music. Not even, no shame there. Love a bit of country. <laughs> so I would, we had like a line dance teacher come in and like all oh the... Oh my God, that sounds proper. <laughs> Yeah, so good. And everyone was dressed up and like had big cactuses and all that was so good. But I must admit, you might think, oh, Jane, you let yourself down there. I did two themed cocktails. I did Dolly Parton, Cup of Ambition, and I did a jug of Johnny Cash. But I just kind of did a mixture of stuff in those like big jug things and sat them on the counter. That was it. That's like a punch, basically. It's yeah. Fine, you know. I've done a sharing. couple of jugs of punch, Inca. That's about it. <laughs> so I take it that you don't really have a massive home bar kind of trolley situation going or... Not really, but I know a people, a few people that have like recently bought these drinks trolleys, you know, like just like mm. you were talking about that people would, you would associate more with kind of a retro feel, but they've become so popular again. And lately, because, you know, I've been hanging out with you and we've been thinking a bit more, I thought I need to up my game here. So I've been rifling through the cupboards and getting out the cocktail stuff and trying to work out what it all does. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Luckily, lots of the whiskey cocktails, you know, they're quite simple, so you don't need too much expertise. Good. What kind of cocktails do you like? You know, I know recently you've been quite into eyeballs, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've really enjoyed the highballs. Thank you for introducing me to those. And particularly ones with a kind of little like cherry syrup. And I sort of made a little cherry syrup um, myself, like just kind of boiling mm. them down with some like brown sugar and stuff and maraschino, maraschino cherries like to garnish. So mm. good. Let's talk a little bit more about the, the highballs, because when it comes to the history of this drink, there are so many stories. So it's hard to say when it was first invented. One of the most common stories takes place in 1894 and it's about an English actor E.G. Ratcliffe whose favourite hangout was the Adams House in Boston in the United States and it was there that he apparently asked a barman for a scotch and soda or the scotch highball as he called it and what a disappointment what a bummer apparently the bar didn't stock any scotch at the time but after months of hunting down some cases the barman found some and those bottles did not last long as the highball became a hit. I wonder what they had. I know I know totally and in 1895 the drink appeared in a book called the mixologist under the name of splificator. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Way too serious for, you know, whiskey and soda. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, if we go even further back in time, it is likely that Scots and soda evolved from brandy and soda in the early 1800s. Brandy and soda was a popular drink in England back then, and it only makes sense that someone would try a similar serve with Scotch whiskey. And obviously that would explain the highball's journey to America via people like Ratcliffe. Yeah, that does make sense, doesn't it? I even like gin with soda instead of tonic. I prefer that. 
Yeah, that's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I must try that. Over the years, the highball faded away and remained on the back bench until 2008. Suntory wanted to strengthen the Japanese whiskey scene and launched a successful marketing campaign for their canned Kakubin whiskey and soda, known as the Kaku Highball. The idea was to use a quality soda water that paired well with the whiskey. And a bar in Tokyo known as the Margu- Margugin. Oh, feel free to correct. Marugin. Marugin. Yep, that's the one. Is to thank for the revival of this long, delicious drink. They were the first in Japan to really start serving the highball. And even today, most people go there for that reason. And thanks to that Japanese influence, the highball has become popular around the world. In the UK, we often like to use scotch, but many bars are also using American whiskey and Japanese malt, which is lovely. And the whiskey can be a blend or a single malt, and it all comes down to the complexity of the flavour profile. And in Japan, less is more when it comes to highballs. Um, but I always like to jazz things up a little bit. So if you want to take your highballs a little further, a touch of flavored syrup, like what Jennifer mentioned earlier, or a liqueur or a flavored soda water would just do the trick. Um, just avoid making it too sweet because you want to keep the drink dry and refreshing because that's kind of the key thing yeah. with the highballs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really doesn't have to be overly complicated. Um, it's really all about allowing the whiskey to shine. And the key is to complement the flavors of the whiskey. Yeah. So that's why you can use a lot, like loads of variety, just choose different things to complement it. Yeah, you can add a touch of fruitiness through syrups, like roast pineapple, peach or lychees even. Floral notes through elderflower and lavender, which work really nicely with certain whiskies. Or bring, you know, you can bring those herbal notes through various garnish options like rosemary, thyme, mint. Yeah. So nice. And that makes me think of the time that I came along as your assistant Inca, the day that you were working in collaboration with the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society in Glasgow, doing some different highballs. So I was a good friend and came along <laughs> and tasted some. Oh my, that was such an eye opener for me. And it was amazing to hear you and some of the staff there talk about, you know, what whiskies were you were going to use, you know, with what what garnishes or what flavorings so that was amazing yeah yeah we did some of those cherry ones and lemongrass and i think it was peach and jasmine it was good fun yeah really really good whiskey sisters Another cocktail we've been enjoying lately is the Rob Roy, which quite mm. simply yeah, is a Scotch Manhattan. Whereas a Manhattan includes an American whiskey like rye or bourbon, the Rob Roy features a Scotch whiskey. So made with your favourite Scotch, sweet vermouth and a few drops of Angostura bitters. Mm. Very simple. And Rob Roy cocktail was named after Robert Roy MacGregor, a 17th century outlaw, a sort of Scottish Robin Hood, you could say, who led battles against the noblemen in the Highlands. And after his death, he became a folk hero. And in 1890, there was even a Broadway show about his life called Rob Roy. No way. Mm, Pretty cool. So, of course, the show had to be paired with a cocktail of the same name. (laughs) That would be rude not to pair it with a cheeky cocktail. Totally. So it is a bit murky where or who exactly created the cocktail because there was lots of different variations, you know, again, using brandy 
or cognac and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but uh, it was basically served all over Manhattan. The cocktail was also instrumental in introducing the American public to blended Scotch whiskey. Mm. So quite a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And although these days you can use any scotch you like, you know, even a single malt. And Inca, are there any other whiskey cocktails that you like? I think I've mentioned this before. I do like using like peated scotch in different sours, yeah. with, uh, especially with those floral syrups. Mm -hmm. um, but one that I really fell in love with last summer was Burnt Martini. Oh, what's that about? That is basically almost like a normal martini, so gin and dry vermouth. But you you use your you know double measure a bit more of gin, mm -hmm. and then you, you you split the vermouth with peated scotch. So oh. say like twelve and a half milliliters of scotch and the same amount of dry vermouth, and then you just stir it all together. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You nice. can garnish it with orange or something if you want, but it doesn't even need anything. It's so nice. If you find the right balance with the gin and the, the scotch. That sounds lovely. Mm. And sounds quite potent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can be deadly. <laughs> give, you some, give you some encouragement to hit the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I used a glass region with one of the Isla whiskeys. And mm -hmm. that worked really nicely because it has milk thistle in it. And I think it kind of creates almost kind of milky-ish texture or feel to the gin. I feel like it softens all the harsh nice. of the medicinal whiskey and stuff. Do you have any other ones that you like? Have you been trying any new stuff? Well, I've not been trying too many new whiskey cocktails. However, I was recently um, attending a whiskey tasting and I know we're going to in our a jam and fire session speak a little bit about Glencadden whiskey but it was the global ambassador and master blender Ian Forteeth that was saying that the new make spirit for the Glencadden whiskey makes an amazing pina colada oh well, that's and, interesting like what is it does it have coconutty pineapple flavors or well, you know, I was I was asking a bit about that and he says it's like 68.5% ABV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some rocket fuel pina colada. But my little sweet tooth part of me just loves a pina colada. Mm -mm. So I thought I would be really interested <laughs> in the whole whiskey new make version of that. I think we should trial mm. this at some point, Inca. Yeah, I think it sounds like the new make should be quite tropical mm -hmm. um, as a base. If anyone's tried, any of our listeners tried this, please let us know your yeah. thoughts. Like yeah. whether you tried the new make or the actual cocktail, we'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, definitely. Dram on fire. Despite needing 200 years of existence, it is only now that people are starting to talk about Glencadam and it's slowly emerging as a single mole in its own right. We have sampled their 15 and 21 year old releases. So we're just going to start with the 15. Do you know, before we do, I don't think I said to you when I was at that uh, tasting with Ian Forteeth, he was talking a bit about the Glencadam distillery and he was saying that they've 
recently or recently-ish reinstated this big working water wheel in the distillery. And I think oh, right. you might have said it was like the only one of its kind. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind a nosy at that if, mm. if we're up that way. Yeah, definitely. I love to visit all the distilleries. So let's just add it on the list. Add it on the <laughs> list. Absolutely. But let's get started with the 15. What did yes. you think about that, Inca? Um, the colour was very light. Yeah. Really, really light yellow, almost, I'd say almost greenish, like grassy, greeny, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. very very light uh the aroma for me was quite fruity quite sweet the initial mm -hmm. sniff but like orchard fruits you know um cooked apples that kind of yeah. stuff did yeah. you get something similar definitely that's exactly i've written baked apple a kind of caramel notes maybe a kind of pastry sweetness mm, yeah but a kind of floral, I've written gentle rose on the aroma as well. So floral. Oh, but, that's that's yeah. funny because I was sniffing it for a while. I was thinking, I kind of wanted to say floral-ish, but I yeah. couldn't think of what it was. Like it wasn't like rose really strongly or anything like that. But yeah. there was definitely something that kind of the lightness. Um, yeah, that's interesting. We've got similar there then. But mm. I, I enjoyed this in the nose. Pastry, baked apple. That works for me. I love a carb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well yeah the palette was quite light mm -hmm. and again I was getting at first it was a bit citrusy and woody and maybe a hint of black pepper yeah and more I was uh sampling I was getting the, that kind of apple pie vibes yeah. that I was getting on the nose as well yeah, I think very similar for me. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it on the palette. The finish, I found it quite a long finish, a long woody finish. Yes, I put woody and a tiny bit dry, slightly mm -hmm. fruity undertones there still going on. But yeah, definitely woody and dryish. Yeah, I enjoyed it actually. I enjoyed it more than I imagined I would. I don't know why I didn't imagine I would, you know, <laughs> I would like it. But yeah, I did. I found it like very easy to sip and that my little sample bottle was drained <laughs> yeah I think I enjoyed it but I found it a little bit boring just a little Did bit you? yeah but like I think it's it is kind of light and summery mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. or like a one for the highballs but it wasn't it didn't get me too excited See, I tried this in my tasting just after the 10 and I really enjoyed the 15 and found it a little bit, mm -mm -mm, a little bit sexy, sexy. Let's talk about the 21. 21 is the deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I got on the aroma for this. Oh, in fact, first of all, kind of more of a gold, like golden kind of honey colours to, to, to look at and aromas for me, a nice mix of sweet and savoury. The kind of butterscotch, that candied sweetness, maybe like a burnt sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the same. The, the vanilla. I put down as well, like vanilla, a little bit vanilla, more like burnt toffee, you know, those kind of boiled toffee sweets. Yeah. Um, I wrote down coffee cake, but I don't mean like a coffee flavoured cake, but you know, like those dry cakes that you serve with coffee. I don't know if you do, like in Finland, we have coffee cakes Ooh. and it's just like a dried cake. Mm -hmm. with cinnamon and you might have like cardamom or different things like that okay um the aroma was quite similar 
Mm-hmm. And I was also getting, you know, those canned peaches or that kind of fruit mix that you have in a sugary syrup. Yeah, nice. And then also I wrote down white wine. I was ah. kind of like kind of I don't know it was something about certain white wines that reminded me it was kind of fresh and Mm -hmm. kind of sounds funny because I'm saying all the vanilla and toffee but it was there was a freshness to it as well for you exactly it wasn't like sickly sweet but there was something Mm -hmm. about maybe like a sweeter white wine lovely and how how about on the palate for you well this one's definitely softer on the palate than the 15 year old like had a little bit more texture Mm -hmm. I would say Mm mm-hmm um previously i said there was a little bit black pepper on the previous one but this one also had some spiciness but it was more like a different part of your tongue at the beginning i think mm-hmm. um followed with a little bit of saltiness like caramel and again i was thinking certain kind of cakes and then i wrote sticky toffee pudding but not like yeah. sticky sweet but you know if you imagine the cake and that kind yes. of burnt caramel sweetness together nice Yeah, it was quite nice. So I've not got as florid notes as that, but, you know, I've definitely, I found it kind of nice and full-bodied, certainly, and nice sweetness, but not overpowering. I've written, you know, like candied nuts, you know, like you get like nuts that are kind of done in like a caramel coating kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of like that and giving me not complete Christmas cake feel like not that not a big kind of yeah. sherry Christmas cake but you know that that those exactly. type of flavors but that's kind of what I was thinking like with the with the coffee when I said coffee cake it's kind yeah. of like that Christmas cake basically yeah oh, yeah 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 it totally makes sense and on for the finish on this one I've got some tobacco on the finish oh mm-hmm. yeah um, I found the finish was kind of medium length as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was nice. The color was really light yellow, not as light as the previous one, but it was still still light. Yeah. And this one was bottled at 48, uh, 46% ABV as well as the yeah. previous one. So you'd been you'd be going back for more of the 21 year old. Yeah, I definitely prefer the 21 to the 15. Like it has much more, I don't know, it's just, yeah, you get much more aroma, much more on the palate. It's just a bit more more layered and more exciting, I would say. Yeah, I enjoyed the 21, but my Mm. money's on the 15. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I need to start saving to get the (laughs) 21-year-old. Yeah. Expensive taste, you know. Pricey (laughs) Inca. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So talking about Macallan prices hitting insane levels. So because we're doing this cocktail episode, I thought I'd pull out one of those like cocktail whiskey facts. Sounds good. The record for the most expensive whiskey cocktail ever sold is Rob Roy. How cool is that? Oh, that's cool. Made with a 55-year-old Macallan served at Dubai Skyview Bar, <laughs> costing £4,632. For one cocktail? Yes. <laughs> oh, sweet baby Jesus way. That is pricey. I know. And it just kind of feels like a little bit of a waste, you, you know, 55-year-old whiskey in a cocktail i don't know anyway so the posh cocktail was stirred with a very special oak stick from the cask of macallan (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry it's just too much (laughs) like what's that gonna do like oh amazing uh, and then the wind was blown in from scotland (laughs) to brush past the glass spraying (laughs) scottish sea air (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although usually the cocktail is served straight up, 
to up the price on this one for sure. Uh, it was also served with ice made from the same water used to produce the single malt whiskey it contains. Oh, they like, are at They it. literally shipped water from Stayside to Dubai oh. to do this cocktail. That is people with a lot of money and a lot of time in their hands, Inca. Uh, I wonder if they actually serve it as a cocktail, like for everyday drinkers, or is it more like someone has been sitting at the bar and being like, okay, I want to buy your most expensive cocktail. What can you do for me? Yeah. And they're and like, they're, haha. Watch this. <laughs> watch this. <laughs> I wonder, even, even the oak stick, like, Probably just some tree, <laughs> tree branch from tree branch from somebody's back garden. It's just insane. So like insane. even if I had loads and loads of money, I don't think I would try that because no. I would still think that's just stupid. Like give me the whiskey, I'll sip it neat. You know, give me the Rob Roy on the side, use something else. Yeah. £4,632 for a cocktail. I want that to be served to me on like a golden platter that I keep by James Hetfield from Metallica. Oh, yeah. He's not even drinking whiskey right now. But like, <laughs> I would want yeah, that to... still serve it. <laughs> he could With a plate of like little side portion of caviar and, yeah. you know. For sure. Well, and- and even, sprinkles. and even then I'd get buyer's <laughs> regret because that's too pricey. <laughs> I know. Well, I would like to know that. What Was it actually any good? Like, how did it taste? Yeah. Like, what kind of vermin did they use? What was going on? Exactly. How can we access these people to find the answers to these questions? Answers <laughs> on a postcard, let us know. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. So in next week's episode, we are celebrating the World Whiskey Day with the Aran Distillery. And we have something mega big that we have been dying to tell you guys about. <laughs> Jennifer, do you want to do the honours? Well, do, 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 bra- drum roll. Exactly. Brace yourself, <laughs> listeners. Lag Distillery on the beautiful Scottish Isle of Arran has been quietly making its whisky for the past three years. And in April 2022, it came of age and became whisky. Not only is that super exciting, but we have an exclusive sample. Ah, how good is this? (laughs) To taste. So it's not yet been bottled is not yet available for public consumption but the whiskey sisters have a sample to taste how cool is this yes and we will be talking about it next week and share our brutally honest thoughts and tasting notes absolutely we will be sharing those those um up close and personal um very real tasting notes and just bluttering social media with lots of posts about it because we're very excited Pour yourself a dram and join us next Wednesday. We would love to have you along. And meanwhile, you can keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters, as per usual, on our Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at Whiskey Sisters, and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. See you later, Inka. See you later. <laughs> next week will be good one. So good. Bye.